you think it might be worth your while bringing your production back to the UK or you certainly want to look into it, where do you start and how do you do it? You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice and tips on making in the UK. So let's get on with today's show. Welcome to episode 134 of the Make It British podcast. So we've been really busy here at Make It British HQ organising our virtual trade show, which is happening on the 24th and 25th of September. So I will be giving you some more details about that at the end of this podcast. But actually, if you're listening to this and the topic of whether you should move your production back to the UK, then that trade show would be really relevant for you to pop along to. It's happening virtually and you can visit visit it from the comfort of your own desk or your own factory or wherever you may be, but particularly relevant to anyone who is thinking of finding out more about moving their production back to the UK. So I'll give you some more details at the end about how you can attend that virtual show in a few weeks time. So in the meantime, today I did want to talk about whether you should move your production back to the UK. And the reason I'm talking about that is because we've had a lot of people contact us recently at Make It British who are currently making a product overseas. And that's all sorts of different products from clothing and accessories through to beauty products and plastic based products as well. And they've asked us if we can help them to find manufacturers to make their products here, but also about whether it is worth them considering doing so. So I thought I'd cover some of those points on the podcast today about what the benefits are, what the possible drawbacks are of bringing your production back to the UK, because let's not pretend it's all roses and sunshine, because there are going to be differences and issues. So I want to make sure I give you a really rounded view of what you're in for if you decide to move the production of a product that's already made overseas back here to the UK. But this is also just as relevant if you are thinking of making a product in the UK and you aren't making anything at all at the moment, or maybe you're making here and you want some extra tips as well. So I'll also at the end give you some how-tos, some practical tips of how you can make sure if you do bring your production back here that you do it in the right way and you're fully prepared for everything that you need to do and that's likely to happen. So firstly, what's the main reason that people are now looking to bring their production back here to the UK? Well, the obvious one is the current global pandemic. COVID-19 has caused all sorts of supply chain disruption, particularly right at the beginning, back at the beginning of 2020, when factories in China were the first to start shutting down all sorts of delays in production for people. And that is ongoing, I hear as well, no matter where in the world you're sourcing. So many people are still finding they're having issues with things not arriving on time. 
and delays because factories are closing down again or they're not up to full capacity like they were before. So manufacturers maybe that you've been working with successfully for years are suddenly not quite as efficient and delivering on time just like you were expecting it before. And that can, of course, cause problems when you've got stores to supply your product to or just customers that you need to get your product out there by a certain date and things aren't arriving. So the global pandemic has without a doubt caused a lot of people to rethink their supply chains. And as we're likely to see further lockdowns and disruption over the coming months, gosh, even into 2021 some way, who knows? People are trying to think of how they can spread their risk and not have all their eggs in one basket or in one country, um, as the case may be. So there are a lot of people thinking about bringing their production back here. And of course, the other issue that the pandemic is causing is that whereas you might have gone to visit your factory once or twice a year, travel being severely disrupted has put a lot of people off going to visit factories. You don't want to be out in China and then find you can't come back or you're quarantined when you do get back or even somewhere in Europe as well. So there's so much travel disruption. It does make it a lot more difficult to visit overseas factories. And that is such an important part of developing a product, being able to go to the factory and work with them, that if you can't do that because of the travel disruption, then it may make you think that you want to make something closer to home. The other thing, of course, that's causing uncertainty, which has kind of been pushed to the back burner a little bit in light of the pandemic, is Brexit and how the deals are going to work out in terms of trade deals with all the different countries and what how that might impact bringing products in and trading with other countries as well. So we're currently, at the time of recording this, in a state of uncertainty in terms of what duty costs might look like. And of course, currency is fluctuating as well because of the pandemic and because of what's going on with Brexit, that a cost you agree with a factory might change pretty soon, somewhere down the line. So Brexit uncertainty is no doubt also making people think about making stuff closer to home. And finally, rising costs have been an issue for the last few years. In fact, since I first set up Make It British, I was already aware of the fact that costs were starting rising in places like China, where labour costs were going up. And that's never been so much more extreme as it is now where prices are going up overseas. And that starts to make the difference between making overseas and making in the UK become less and less. So suddenly it doesn't seem quite so appealing to be making huge volumes of products around the other side of the world when you could make them closer to home in the UK, have a lot less risk and have very little difference in the manufacturing cost compared to a country you're already making in. And also, because of the pandemic, air freight costs are going through the roof. So sending samples backwards and forwards and also sending your production back to the UK. So all that sort of uncertainty makes it very difficult when you're buying a product from overseas to know what the true cost of something is. And that's why making here in the UK is seeming a lot more appealing. So if you're thinking of moving your manufacturing production back to the UK, what are some of the benefits that you can look forward to if you do that? Now, I've talked about this quite a lot 
on the podcast before. And certainly it's something as well that a lot of my guests have talked about. But just in case you weren't fully aware of what the benefits are of making here, I thought I'd go through some of them first. So one of the first things is the fact that you're much closer to your final destination for that product if you're making it here locally. So the benefits of being able to make in a factory closer to you, not having any of the supply chain disruption is one of the key reasons that people are starting to manufacture more in the UK. That proximity to customers also means you get a product in store at just the right time and to the customer when they most want it. And nowhere is that more evident than in something like the fashion industry, where everyone wants everyone wants the latest trend, exactly the right time, the right product, or the right colour in that in your store or in your online store when they want it. And that will much more likely to have a good sell-through on that product if you actually give the customer what they want. It's more difficult to do that if you're sourcing something six months in advance or maybe longer from overseas, because by the time it lands in the UK, your customer may no longer want it. Also, what a lot of people do that make in the UK is something called just-in-time manufacturing, also sometimes called lean manufacturing. So if you're making a product just in time, it means you only make what you know you're going to sell. And an example I always give of this is Christopher Nieper at David Nieper. He's one of my manufacturing heroes. I've yet to get him on this podcast, but hopefully that's going to happen very soon. But he will be speaking at our virtual event at the end of September. Now, Christopher, his company, David Nieper, they have their own factory up in Derbyshire and they make pretty much everything to order. So it's a multi-million pound company, but they hold very little stock. So Christopher sells over 98% of everything that he makes because he's not holding stock. He's not holding excess of anything. So he doesn't waste any money on, no money is tied up in the stock that he's holding. It's all made to order. So making to order and making bespoke is definitely one of the benefits that you can have of making here. You can also as well make much smaller on order quantities. So more often than not, and I'm not saying this is general every time, but more often than not, order quantities in the UK can be significantly lower than order quantities if you order over the seas, particularly if you're ordering from somewhere like China. And smaller order quantities mean less money tied up in stock. And particularly if you're a small business, you don't want to be investing thousands of pounds in stock that you're not sure whether it's going to sell because the manufacturer is dictating to you that you need to buy 300, 500 or a thousand pieces of a style in order to get your products from them or to achieve the prices that you want to achieve. So making in the UK does generally mean you can make smaller order quantities, which at the moment when cash flow is tight for so many businesses, that's really important. 
One of the other advantages of manufacturing in the UK is that communication can be so much easier. You can go and visit a manufacturer, you can talk to them face to face, and the chances are that English is their first language, which it may not be with manufacturers you're dealing with overseas. So generally communication is better, especially if you're face to face with someone. You can go to their factory and talk through what your requirements are. We also shouldn't forget here about sustainability because, as I said before, you've got air freight possibly or it's certainly some sort of freight that is bringing your products all the way over from a factory abroad somewhere. And if you're making them locally, that that amount that they've travelled and the carbon footprint of those products is significantly smaller. And so many customers now are interested in buying something that is more sustainable and that's been made in better working conditions, that that can really work in your favour to be able to say that you're making your products ethically, locally in the UK. So don't underestimate the value of making in the UK from a sustainability and ethical perspective. One of the other reasons that companies have told me that they're looking to move their production back to England or Scotland or somewhere in the UK is that they're really concerned about what their intellectual property um, rights may be if they're making overseas and their factory copies what they're making or someone else copies what they're making. Now, if you make in the UK, any issues with your IP are much less likely to happen, certainly in my experience. I've heard about it very rarely that someone has had an issue with a factory in the UK in terms of their intellectual property rights, but much more so if they're making overseas. So there is always that issue, particularly if you've made with a company overseas who own all of the information about your property. Maybe you're making clothing and they own the patterns, they've sourced the fabric for you, they've pretty much come up with the design based maybe on a photograph or something that you've shown them. They may consider that they own the IP on that product and the design on that product. They could just as easily sell that same design to someone else. That's definitely something you should be aware of. And finally, you cannot underestimate the PR opportunity that you may have if you move your manufacturing back to the UK and you're able to say that you have a collection that is made in Britain now, whereas you didn't before. I interviewed Rob Lowe from Trunky a few episodes ago, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes for this podcast, because he talked a lot about why he reshored the production of Trunky. Now, if you don't know Trunky, it's those um, animal-shaped ride-on suitcases that you see. Now, he was always making them over in China, but he decided to bring the production of some of them back into the UK, and he timed that perfectly to fit with the London 2012 Olympics, and he made that a big PR opportunity for his company. So if you are going to bring your production back here, make sure you shout about it and don't underestimate how much PR you might get about the fact that you're now making in the UK. So those are some of the benefits what do you actually need to look out for as well? What are the potential pitfalls that there might be if you're moving your production from an overseas factory to a UK-based one? 
Well, for a start, there's always going to be some risk associated with moving and changing your supply chain, especially if you've got one that's already well embedded somewhere overseas. You have everything sorted out in terms of all the raw materials and and the labels and the packaging and how it all gets to the factory. All of that upheaval that is likely to happen if you start making it in another country can't be underestimated. So do be prepared for the fact that there will be some big change. And you may want to think about only moving part of your production back to start with so that you don't put all of your eggs in one basket straight away. Because there's no doubt that it's going to cost more to make in the UK. So let's not sweep that under the carpet. It's never going to be exactly the same price. Labour costs in the UK are more expensive than nearly all other countries that you're probably making your product right now. And you have to bear that in mind that it will be more expensive, at least for the labour part of manufacturing here. So in that respect, if you're making something with less labour involved, then the difference may be Um, smaller. So something like Trunky, for instance, a lot of that product manufacturing is automated. And so that's why it made more sense for Rob to move his production of some of the Trunkies back to the UK, because the way that they made it meant there was little labour cost involved. And I'll come on more in a minute to how the labour costs will work out and how you can offset that labour cost um, when you're bringing your production back here. So not everything in the UK as well can be made cost effectively. Please bear that in mind. When I speak to my clients who come to me to help them find a manufacturer to reshore in the UK, there are some things that I quite honestly say you are better off making that overseas. So those are the sorts of things that have a very high amount of labour in or that we don't have the skills at all to make in this country. And that's usually because it's a product that we've probably never made here. There are certain things that the UK can make really well and other things which are better off being made in another country. So I'm always really honest with people that will work out. You can move that back to the UK. You will get benefits from bringing that back here, but that a different type of product maybe not so. So you have to be realistic about what is achievable and what what isn't, because not everything can be made here cost effectively. You also need to look at if you're bringing materials in to make your products, then that may slow down your overall saving that you're going to have on production time with making locally. If you've got to wait for materials that are coming from overseas, and those materials are being delayed. So you need to look at not only the viability of the production, but what is the viability of the whole supply chain, including the materials that you're gonna wanna use? And is it better to make that product closer to the source of the raw materials, or are you willing to order all the raw materials, wait for any potential delays and price rises and anything like that on those raw materials in order to actually just assemble the product here in the UK. So obviously it's much better if you're making a product where you can also get the raw materials from here in the UK or somewhere at least 
in Europe where there's likely to be less supply chain disruption. So depending on the product and how many different parts it's got in it and how complex its supply chain currently is, it may mean you need to do more work on sourcing different routes for all those parts that go into the product as well as its actual manufacturing. And that you need to look at on a case by case basis. What you also need to think about is what capacity is actually available here in the UK. So it may be that we can make it here, but the, all the factories that can make that type of product are so busy and so full that actually there isn't any capacity available here. Now, I know a lot of the high street retailers, when they're looking to reshore some of their fashion production, are actually finding that there aren't any factories that are big enough for them to move a big percentage of their product back here because a lot of the UK factories over the years, the bigger ones have closed down and it's actually the smaller, more set specialist factories that we have here. So we don't have huge factories like they do somewhere like China, maybe sewing garments where they've got three to 5,000 people in them. You'll be lucky if you can find one in the UK that's got 30, 50, or even 100 would be one of the biggest that we have in the UK. So is the capacity actually available for the product you want to bring back here? Or are you going to have to build that up from scratch? So using Trunky as an example again, he found a factory that was already making that was capable of making the type of product that he was making, but he has had to significantly expand and evolve that factory in order to be making his product. It didn't really exist totally off the shelf. A lot of work needed to be done in partnership with that factory in order to reshore the production. So how realistic is it about whether you can actually find a factory that can make the sort of quantities. And obviously if you're making a smaller quantity, that is gonna be more achievable. And certainly if you bring a much smaller quantity back to start with, to test it out, then you can expand upon that rather than trying to bring everything back all at once. And finally, the big elephant in the room is, I have to say, lack of government support for UK manufacturing and for reshoring. So whereas other countries have maybe initiatives from their governments to bring production back, like in they do in the US, in the UK, at the moment, there isn't anything like that. And quite the opposite, really. My own experiences with trying to help the government source PPE locally rather than overseas, they're just not prioritising local manufacturing. So sad as it is to say, you can't look on our government for support or for any type of funding to help you reshore your production. I wish that wasn't the case and maybe that will change in future. But currently, sadly, that is the situation we are in. So I've convinced you, you think it might be worth your while bringing your production back to the UK or you certainly want to look into it. Where do you start and how do you do it? Well, firstly, my biggest bit of advice I can give is don't try and do it all at once. Test and trial first and see how it goes. Maybe start with a small capsule collection of something or even an additional new collection. So you're not risking 
any of your overseas production, you keep that as it is for now and you bring out something new which you make here in the UK. Do it, test it, see how the whole thing works and then start thinking about bringing more of the production back. So I wouldn't advise, unless you've got a really small collection and it's really not working out, I would say test and trial first and then make a judgment on how successful that has been before you decide whether you want to move all of your production back in the long run. The next thing as well is to make sure you allow plenty of time for doing all this and that it's not just a knee-jerk reaction because your factory's closed for a few weeks in China because of um, the pandemic and you think, oh my God, I need a UK manufacturer, quick, looking around, do you know anyone? Anyone that can get this collection out, I need to have this range in stores in a few weeks' time. That's not going to work. Manufacturers also can sense it. They know if you're panicking and you're only going to go and see them as a backup and you're going to flick back over to wherever you were making originally. They're not impressed when you do that and they see it that you're not going to be long term committed to them and it doesn't fool anyone. So allow plenty of time and make sure this is a decision that you've made for the long term and not just as a short term solution to an overseas sourcing problem that you have got. What you also want to do is make sure you go and visit the manufacturers so that you can make a good judgment on all the different factories that you see and which ones you think are going to be right for you. They're going to be different to the ones you're using overseas. UK manufacturers, like I said before, a lot of them are quite a lot smaller. They work in a different way. There's going to be different ways of working and different ways to get used to how things are working. And you need to allow plenty of time for that. What you also need to allow time for is sourcing all of the different raw materials as well and working out how that is all going to come together because you're creating a whole new supply chain here. So point number one and tip number one is to make sure you've allowed plenty of time. The second thing is do not try and compare like for like cost with manufacturing in the UK versus manufacturing overseas. And don't expect a manufacturer to price match a product that you've had made somewhere in the Far East and expect them to make it for the same price for you. It's never going to be the case. If they can do it, chances are they're not doing it ethically and they're cutting some corners. So there are lots of other benefits from making here and ways that you can offset that higher labour cost, but do not expect the manufacturer to, to price match with an overseas factory, especially as you're a new customer to them, because prices start to come down with a manufacturer when you've built up that relationship and that trust and you know how it's going to work together. You go zooming in right at the start, start trying to negotiate prices down really hard. You're not going to get on a, off on a great foot with that manufacturer first time round. If the prices don't match what you're making overseas, one of the things you can do, which a lot of companies do, is to bring in a higher price point range and sell it to your customers as the fact that you now have a made in Britain or a made in the UK range and what the benefits are for the fact they're buying something that is made locally. 
So for instance, there's a clothing company called Lucy and Yak. It's an ethical clothing company and they make all of their products they did originally all overseas. Now recently, Lucy and Yak introduced a made in Britain range and they label it as such on their website. They've got a special section for their made in Britain range and they have slightly higher prices. So for instance, they have a cotton pinafore dress, which is 44 pounds, but if you buy it from the Made in Britain collection, it's 50. So they have passed on some of those extra costs to the customer because they are buying a product which, as Lucy and Yak say, is made ethically in their own workshop in Yorkshire by skilled craftsmen. So if you're testing this out, find out will your customer pay a little bit more for that special Made in Britain range that you are doing. Definitely worth looking at. What you can also do if you do find that the labour costs are a lot more, considerably more making in the UK, is design the product and make some design changes so that it fits into what the factories can make here using less labour. So do you have extra details that involve a lot more labour that you could remove that the customer probably doesn't even care either way about? Maybe, you know, if it is clothing, you've got an extra pocket that you could remove that isn't entirely essential. And actually you shaved off quite a few minutes off the production time by removing that detail at no loss to the customer. So that is a good thing to talk about with the factory. How can I get the amount of labor minutes down in this pro in making this product if I make it with you. Things that the customers aren't gonna feel like they're left, they've, they've um, lost something by you taking it off, but will gain significant savings in terms of how much it costs to make the product. So a certain amount of negotiation in terms of what can be removed rather than just trying to negotiate with a factory on cost alone to try and get them to compete with China. So that's certainly something that you could try looking at in how do you design the product so it fits into what you can make affordably here in the UK. The other thing you need to bear in mind is unlike a lot of overseas factories where they're huge and they need consistent ongoing business all the time to fill those factories and they're really hungry for business because they've got so many mouths to feed, Factories in the UK, a lot of them are really busy right now. You're not the only person who has thought about reshoring your production. So as I said before, they may have capacity issues. You've got to convince them that you're a new customer that they really want to take on and that you're going to work with them for the long term as well. So don't expect to walk straight into a factory and they're going to be jumping for joy and giving over production space. They may have quite long lead times at the moment because they're really busy. So that's certainly something you need to bear in mind when you're looking for a factory and when you're working out how long it might take you to move your production back here to the UK. The other thing you need to think about, like I said with Lucy and Yak, on their website, they have a Made in Britain collection. So it's quite clear to the customers what product is made here and what isn't. So think about how can you market differently your made in UK product versus your original products. 
Is there a way that you can educate your customers or your audience about the benefits of buying your Made in the UK products from you? And is there a way you can differentiate them on your website so people know that you're buying into a collection that's made here and that's made locally? Make sure you shout about it. You've done all this work bringing the production back here. Make sure you tell people which is the Made in the UK collection and why you're doing that. Give your reasons, tell your story about why you're making it here. I do know some larger retailers who do make a proportion of their, do do a proportion of their manufacturing in the UK, sometimes don't want to shout about it because it may then become evident that a bigger proportion is not made here. So they almost don't want to say, hey, look, we made this 3% here in the UK, but we didn't make that other 97%, which I think is crazy because then people just say, well, I can't find anything in that store that's made in the UK, so I'm not going to shop with them at all. And when buying locally made product is becoming more and more important to consumers, make sure you tell everyone about it, like everyone. And tell us here at Make It British as well, because we would love you to join us and become a member of Make It British and shout about those products that you're making here. We've gained quite a few new members at Make It British now who don't make all of their products here, but are now making a small part. And provided that you have a clear way on your website of displaying what's made in the UK and what isn't, then you're more than welcome to become a member of Make It British. In fact, we can also offer you manufacturing advice um, should you need it with reshoring your production. So I'll put some details in the show notes about how you can become a member of Make It British if you either want help with your reshoring or if you want to get out there and shout about your Made in the UK collection. So I hope you found that useful. If you are thinking of reshoring your product back to the UK, make sure you allow plenty of time to do so. Finding a manufacturer does take longer than you think. And if you want help with finding a manufacturer, we've got a directory of manufacturers on our Make It British website. We've got our virtual trade show, which is coming up on the 24th and 25th of September. And that's 2020 if you're listening to this in the future. But hopefully there will be more after we've done this first trial one. And I can also help you find manufacturers if you want to work with me directly. So there's lots of ways we can help you to bring your production back to the UK. And as I said at the beginning, I will give you some more details now about our virtual trade show. So this is the first time we've tried this. If you listen to the previous podcast, number 133, I talk about how trade shows are changing and how I think there's a place for both virtual trade shows and real life ones. So we're going to be doing Make It British Live online on the 24th and 25th of September. We've got everything people have, have loved about our existing live events where you can come and hear inspiring talks, educational talks, which will help you decide whether you do want to make in the UK or not. Um, and we've also got manufacturers that you can speak to directly live at the event, plus a speed networking session, which we're really excited about, which will match you with someone every three minutes, another attendee at the show, who knows who you might meet 
that you can guarantee that everyone that is there has some interest in making in the UK, which is wonderful. And we're hoping there's going to be thousands of people that come along to that. So it's on the 24th and 25th of September. And the website, you can just put into your browser, mib.live forward slash online 2020, so 2020, and everything will pop up so you can find out all about what's going on, how you get tickets. And if you get a ticket, you can actually listen to the talks, any that you've missed over a 30 day period after the live part of the show ends. So thank you so much for listening today. I've had some wonderful comments from people on Instagram of all places saying they've been listening to the podcast And I'd just like to say thank you if you have been listening or if you're a regular listener or even if you're a new listener today because you'd not thought about making in the UK before and you saw the title and you wanted to find out more. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I do appreciate it if you do find some time to leave a review on iTunes. I know it's not easy to find out how you leave a review on iTunes. So massive thanks for everyone that's made an effort to do so. It does make a big difference because iTunes bases those reviews when it decides who to show a podcast to when they're looking for a new podcast to listen. So we'll, we gain a lot of new listeners because they see the reviews on iTunes. So if you have found any of this valuable and useful, please, I would love it if you leave me a review. Send me a message to let me know if you have And I'll send you a special VIP ticket as well for the virtual event, which means you can come to our VIP drinks, our virtual VIP drinks on the 24th at 6pm. So thanks once again, and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. So make sure you subscribe in your favourite podcast app. And if you're looking to find British-made brands or UK manufacturers, check out the directory on the Make It British website at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash directory. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.